before I do anything, I think to myself, I want to be instantly recognizable, but never predictable. So you have to figure out a way that people can either look at you or your work and instantly be like, this is such and such. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. The best part about doing this podcast uh, call it art media, right? It's getting to know all kinds of creative people. I knew about today's guest from following her online, checking out her shows and all that good stuff. But getting to talk to Abby Salami was really a lot of fun. She dropped a lot of gems about her process and her journey in this art game. I had to slow her down some now because <laughs> she just, just glosses over a bunch of stuff. Uh, she ran through a, a couple of big adventures, you know? Uh, stuff that you know normal people don't always get to do so we had to talk about it a little bit but she has great energy and it's no wonder that her artwork is so absolutely beautiful this is a great episode if you're new to the show you only came here for abby probably (laughs) you're here just for abby but welcome to the fam you're listening to the best black art podcast on the internet i bring you the best black artists and creators from all over the world you don't believe me? Go to StudioNoisePodcast.com. Check out the episodes. I mean, we got Vanessa German, Rashawn Rucker, Charlie Palmer, 122 episodes of all the best artists and creators that you want to know and that you need to know. If you vibe with the mission, join the Studio Noise Patreon like Deborah Grayson. Thank you, Deborah. You're amazing. I appreciate you. Now, why don't you go ahead and take some time. Go ahead, pick up your phone, call two art friends, tell them it's Abby Salami, the great Abby Salami after the break. It's the noise, baby. Yes. This is Patrick McCoy, art collector from Chicago, uh, co-founder of Diasporithms, and this is brought to you by Studio Noise. Right, is your boy Jay Barber, Studio Noise. I'm here with superstar artist, <laughs> born in Lagos, lives in Dallas. Uh, the one and only Abby Salami, talking to me on the podcast. How you doing, girl? I'm good. So happy to be here. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, that's what's up, yo. Yeah, I've been following you for a long time. I actually curated a show with the I Like Your Work podcast. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Erica, everything she's doing over there. Uh, the show was called Variance, and I included one of your pieces in the show. Don't look back yes. in anger. It was such a great piece. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, <laughs> automatically. <laughs> I was so excited that you, you got to be in the show, yo. So uh, congratulations on that. And you just won the Hopper Prize, a little artist grant for you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. To get you going in the studio, you know, always appreciate. Got to celebrate, you know what I'm saying, the good times. Yes, of course. For sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. Tell us about the yes. Hopper Grant a little bit. The Hopper Prize. Yeah, um, Hopper Prize, right. Yeah, it's just an unrestricted grant that they um, they give out. Um, you have 12 recipients per year. And this was the first year that they increased um, the grant to uh, 3500 for 1000 because I think before they gave like six $1,000 grants. And then this year they gave uh, four, yeah, yeah, per, per period. They get they give two people the thirty five hundred. So it was me and this other girl whose name was also Abby, felt the same way. So I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They just pick all the Abbies. They I mean, she's an Abigail. <laughs> she's an Abigail, and I'm a Bimbala. But still, like we both go by Abby and it's ABI, and it was just it was just the funniest thing when I woke up and I saw that email. I was like, what? <laughs> It's the year good. of the Abbey. Yeah, when you first said it, I didn't know if we was going to hate on the girl or not because you was like, "Hey, this no. other girl, they, this other no, girl got it too." No, like, no, no, no. Uh, uh, there's no room for hate you know, in, that's in what's my up. practice. It is all about support, support, support. That's what's up. Did you did you have to propose yeah. a project or was it just, "Hey, we love Abby. Let's no. give her money." No, literally, it's you just 
it was like they have a very simple application process. I guess they try to make it very democratic, democratic, and not have it. You know, like you know, those who've got the art school have an advantage. So all you have to do is um, your art statement, bio. You send him, I think, like ten images of examples of, from your portfolio of your work, and you know, you just you know, <laughs> just spray, <laughs> <laughs> just spray, and they like you. Yes, and, and yes. They did the so, good old art yeah, world, yo. Cool. Good old art world. Yes. You gotta love it, yo. <laughs> you gotta love right. it. Right, 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 right. It, you love it when it's working, when it's working for you. Because I applied for the opera prize uh, before, back in 2019, and didn't get it. And I remember being just like so crushed <laughs> about it. And I'll be like, I, I'm sure. At least a thousand people apply. Um, I mean, they have a big following online, and people know. And the morning when I, you know, woke up, well, they told us they told me on Monday, but they made the announcement on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I woke up because my phone was going off because I had all these uh, like artist friends and collectors like congratulating me because they got the email, so or they probably saw it on the um, on Instagram. So that was kind of that was very cool because it's just like okay, so like I'm being recognized. Like in a way where like other people know, and I, it's like I didn't even have to post them other on Instagram. People were already like, "We know, this is so cool. <laughs> we know you." <laughs> so that was that was that was really cool. I, I would have to say, yeah. Yeah, that was cool up, yo. That, that's got to make you feel mm-hmm. good. I mean, I've been, uh, you oh know, yeah, even looking at your bio and your story, talking about how you went from uh, being an accountant, you know, getting your MBA yeah. and all that stuff, and now you like doing mm-hmm. this art full time. I mean, yeah. this this got to yeah. be like a good thing for you. Oh no, it's great. It's it's uh when I was telling my sister about the award, I was like my sister's name Femi. I was like, Femi, I didn't go to art school and she's like, Yeah. I'm like, I beat out people who went to art school and she's like, Yeah. And I was like, Do you understand how crazy that is? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like like you're acting like it's totally normal, but no, like like I guess she's just used to me and she thinks I'm awesome, so she's just like, Yeah, you should win, it doesn't matter. But I'm like, No, like this is a world that is very much based in, you know, they like for you to go to school. They like for you to have a degree. They like for you to have, you know, um, professors that have also been successful. They love that stuff in in the art world. So like for me to come from finance uh, less than four years ago and like be doing all these things, I just, you know, it's kind of, I guess, a testament to how hard I work. <laughs> but, um, but I just think it's funny because I, I just want to tell this quick story because it's, like after winning that award, I, I really understood. Like I had a better understanding of the story. I am when I was uh, applying for colleges, I wanted to go to art school, and I'm uh, I was born in Nigeria. My parents were born in Nigeria, so we're all immigrants. And you know, trying to explain to immigrant parents that you want to go to art school, <laughs> they, were, like, they, were, they were like, um, "How is that even practical?" Like that might have I might as well have said. I want you to spend thousands and thousands of dollars so I can go play at university. That's what they heard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my dad was like, absolutely not. His, his, you know, his imperative was just that by the end of the four to five years, I needed to have a degree and be immediately employable. Uh, so that's why I ended up going to business school. Um, but I remember the, ne- the night that we had this big fight about it, my dad was like, do not major in somebody's hobby because they're going to beat you with passion. Oh, wow. And I remember at the time just being so mad at him because I was like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And looking back now and seeing like, okay, I didn't go to art school. I, I only started like three and a half years ago. And the only thing that drove it, that brought me here is like raw passion. Like I go to bed thinking about art. I wake up and I'm thinking about art. My friends hate hanging out with me because I'm talking about art all the time they're like do you ever stop working and i'm like i don't know how to shut it off it's all i think about it's all i want to think about <laughs> it's just i'm obsessed and so i think it's like that obsession is driven me to like work so hard and try to continue um to improve on my practice um never settling for where i am and always just trying to like take it to the next level and i think that hopefully i think that's what the, the jurors saw in my work and um, and maybe that's what made them feel like, oh, you know, she's deserving of this award. But I still think it's crazy. I'm just like, how? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, and I, and I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna stop you because I'm not gonna let you just gloss over this fact that you just said that. Oh, you only been doing it for three years. Like I don't, I don't actually <laughs> believe that. Like you know, I'm gonna challenge, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. Like 
<laughs> the whole time you were doing I mean, this other stuff, you you didn't have no paint in your hand. You didn't have no pencil. Oh no, in your no, hand. no, 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 no. I was I was still I it was my hobby. It was my biggest hobby, right? Um but you know, with with work it it wasn't always something I could do consistently. Um because I was traveling a lot and and when the only reason that it became an option again, instead of like when I got laid off from the, from my company, going to find another job, is because um, we got bought out, and the the company that brought us out kept me on, kind of just as like you know a knowledge bank. So I wasn't really doing anything for like a whole year. I was like just getting paid just to be there to answer questions that they had about the you know the, the database and systems and the files and the models and all that good stuff. Yeah. So when I was able to like get to work at like 9.30 and leave by 4.30. So that left me a lot of time to actually like start making art again. And uh, and that's kind of like what made me feel like, well, maybe I should do this. You know, I actually brought a couple of pieces into my office and the chief accounting officer, like I already knew that I was an artsy person. They just knew that. Um, but like, I guess they didn't know to like what extent because I bought some pieces, put them up in my office. My chief accounting officer walked in and he was like, you know, already like asked, he's like one of those who were like, like in the hallway at, asking the question before he even gets inside. <laughs> so he was already like in that mode of asking a question and he just stops and he looks around and he's like, are these yours? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, what are you doing here? And you know, my heart starts racing because I'm like, what, 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 what's happening? I'm going to be fired. And he's like, he's like, these are really good. I was like, thank you. And he's like, no, really, what are you, why, why are you here? How are you here? Like, he's trying to understand, he's like, you're, because I was really good at my job. So it's like, for him, if he had to describe me, he would say, I'm a left brain person because he's mm. like, she's really good at finance right. and, and business. And here he was in this, in this, my room and it was just like, no, she's also a right, right brain person. How's that possible? And he literally said, he's like, we're going to lose you to this. He's like, I don't, he's like, I just don't feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, but money. <laughs> like i'm getting paid a lot of money here and uh i don't at the time i didn't know that you could do that with art and i mean it's still a challenge um uh, even when you are super super successful you could fall out of grace and you know there's, there's nothing guaranteed with, with this art versus like going through a job and getting a paycheck and you know and having that kind of like stability but uh but yeah so i no. I've only been a professional artist for three and a half years. Ah, um, professional. Who needs, those, that, who needs those yes. type of labels? No, as, <laughs> as in like, I did have another job that was like what I was doing. So if I introduced myself to people, I was like, I am an artist instead of I'm the director of investor relations. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's nah. why I've three and a half years. Just really like, you know, pushing it and really showing like, I didn't, I didn't show until 2017, no, 16. Um, was it 17? No, it was 17. Yeah, it was 2017. I did like a small show. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I was still working then, though. <laughs> but it was very cool. Nah, that's, that's how it started. You'd be yeah. so, you, you know, um, and I'm sure you talked to, well, I don't know. Well, you may be talking to a lot of people, but I talked to a lot of artists. And a lot of their stories start off just like yours, right? Just like that. Yeah, just like, yeah. hey, I did this show, but I still was working at Target or, you know, like whatever, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you're, yeah. you're still, that's why I say that, that you still had to, somewhere along the line, still be engaging with your art uh, oh, in, yeah, in, a, in a healthy, like, productive way in order to get where you mm -hmm. are. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless you yes. just, you know, this extreme prodigy coming out of Nigeria that you could just pick up the pen whenever you <laughs> felt like it and, and get it going. Like, I feel like there, yeah. like I can tell like a sense of thoughtfulness in the, in the work that I see, like that you're producing now. And I, I, I doubt if you just came out of nowhere with that. No, 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 no. That was, that took years of just like, cause you, you know, with art, you got to find your voice. And you spend like you know, your first years, because um, I, what I would do a lot was like look at other artists and kind of like emulate their style and mm -hmm. then try to make it mine. Um, and I played around for years with that. Like, you know, I did, if you go back and look at like the works that I've done, I've done like kind of like cubism, kind of almost like Picasso style. Um, I've done uh, more realistic style, like the ones a thousand before this kind of super flat 
style was um, a little more, you know, realistic with more blending of the colors rather than just like blocks of colors. Um, I mean, I've done, I've, I've done, I've done all of it, and I, I just because I just love art and I like to experiment. I've done abstract art as well. Um, that's more challenging for me because I'm such a type A anal <laughs> person. So, like letting go is like really like I just I have an insane amount of respect for abstract artists because I'm just kind of like I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you can look at what what I see is chaos and be like yes. I am done. Like, how do you know you're done? <laughs> how do you... <laughs> like, at what point are you just like, yes, I'm done. I'm... Like, it's even more like with my style where it's like, I know where the end point is. I'm still always picking at it. So I don't, I'm like, I don't know how, like, as an abstract artist, you can just be, like, finished. So I have an insane amount of respect for abstract artists. I'm like, you guys are just out there bending your minds and, are, you know, and creating all these really cool stuff that didn't exist before. So much, much respect to them. But um, but yeah, I, I did play with a lot of different styles before I finally like settled in like what was true to me, what I can you know kind of come up with ideas without like struggling to do so or feeling like they were on a, um, not authentic to me. Um, and yeah, so that that takes time. I would hate for anybody to listen to this podcast and think that like <laughs> you just suddenly do that. No, 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 no. That takes time. I've always been an artsy person. I've always been creating. You know, I was. I read meetings drawing on my on my notepad. And I remember when I first started working, like my boss was just like concerned that I wasn't paying attention. But then he quickly <laughs> realized that like because I have both a left brain and right brain dominance, uh, whenever I'm in a meeting that is very left brain, I need the little kid in me that likes to draw. It's basically like when you give like at the dining table you give them like the doodling paper so you can leave you alone and you can yeah. enjoy your dinner yeah so I, I, in meetings i literally had to be like here's a, here's a notepad draw so i can pay attention to what's happening because <laughs> otherwise my right brain would be like this is boring i want to go home <laughs> <laughs> why aren't we painting this is awful so it's like okay you just doodle along the margins of this notepad and i will take notes <laughs> please leave me alone so i can, so I can do my job so, yeah. So along those lines, like what what pushed you into this kind of the style that you're using now and kind of flat color t- type of stuff? Right. Yes. That, that's actually a really interesting kind of kind of path I was I went through. I was um, painting a more realistic style, not super realistic. It's still kind of flat, for, like compared to you know hyper realism, but it was more realistic. And um, I. I felt like I was relying too much on color. I remember I was like, I had all my workout and I was just like, you know, I'm just, I'm relying too much on color to kind of get the message across. So I started to challenge myself. I was like, can I pare back on what is on the canvas and still convey the same emotion? Around that same t- time, I found out the work of um, Malika Favre, mm-hmm. the French artist. She does um, these very minimalist, strikingly minimalist, but very, uh, stunning work, uh, and she's like she's shown on the um, the New Yorker. I think she's like worked with Vogue, and like she's like I mean she's worked with like all the big brands, right? Because her work is just is very great for um, editorial stuff, but her work is very yeah, simplistic. She does she had yes, super illustrative, yeah. And she um she she I remember watching watching an interview with her, and she talks about the fact that like she'll start with like kind of like an idea. And then to start paring back to see like, can you can you still get the convey the message, but like maybe you take out all these lines or you take out the shading and you like you see if you can still do that. And I remember being like, that's a really cool exercise. So I started playing with that on my iPad, and and I just got the iPad at the time, so it gave me the freedom to kind of play with ideas that maybe I would have been too scared to do on Canvas. So I was just like playing around with stuff, and I was just like, you know what? I actually really like how this looks. Like it's Yes, it's flat, but for some reason, I felt like the emotion was still very there. And when I would post it on Instagram, I would get a better reaction with my flat style than I did with the more realistic style, which I thought was really hilarious, and I don't know why, to this very day. <laughs> um, but but Tony described it as looking more approachable, and I, I, think, I, mm. I think I get what they meant by that. And so um, with the flat style, what I try to do with um, 
with each like item is only try to convey it with like three colors unless of course it's like a multicolor thing but only try to like have like a light medium and dark color to like really convey it and um it's one of my paintings i do like you know some for um foreshortening and foreshortening is already hard to do period with <laughs> with any medium because it's just like you're trying to convey something coming out of the, the canvas like you know a hand reaching towards the viewer mm-hmm. but like trying to do it with three colors that was like i was like okay you can do this figure this out and i've done several paintings where like there's something like kind of coming out at the viewer and it looks good and i feel like i don't i'm not relying on a bunch of other things i'm i'm help, i'm i'm able to convey the message and i'm able to help the viewer get the message faster because they're not looking at all the other kind of things that are going on so that's why i kind of settled in this style i, I like the fact that it's like the breakfast inside approachable and like maybe people are not so intimidated by it and they feel like it's familiar because it kind of looks like a cartoon, you know? Mm-hmm. And we are, like we were watching cartoons since our childhood. So I think everybody's very comfortable with cartoons. So it's like when they see it, they're just like, oh, okay. And then like, you know, my stuff has like crazy things going on. So they're just kind of like trying to figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's like a little bit of a game for them. I don't know. I've heard <laughs> of many, many different theories. None of, none of them are consistent about why people like this new style. None of them are consistent. So I'm just... I just decided that it's it's approachable because it's kind of like cartoon style and we all grew up with that. So it's kind of familiar and it's a little bit of that nostalgia. And then after that, I don't know why they like it, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for liking it. I, I, I actually really enjoy it. So it's, it's always nice whenever like you, the artist like it and other people like it. It's always awful whenever that's not the case. <laughs> that's true. It's funny that you said it about yeah. color because I would, I would think that, you were being very deliberate about the the colors and specific and that it was important to you. I think you just have a, a distinct color palette in the way you're using it. Yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about my older, I'm talking about my older work. My older work, I was being very deliberate with the color palette. I was very just kind of like red, um, purple. But now I'm like, <laughs> you know, when I'm working on a series, like I'm like, I literally create the palette. I'm like, this is the palette we're using. And this is where we have to stick. This is the confines we have to stick in to convey this entire series. And mm-hmm. you can see that now in my work, like whenever I'm working on a series, the color palette is consistent throughout the series. And you can see that I'm like constricting myself to those colors to convey the different, you know, different things on each campus. And so I'm very, very deliberate now about the colors I pick. I'm not, I'm not just kind of hoping it works. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. no. We're going to, I play with it and play with it and play with it. And so I feel like, and I will like print them out and I will like actually look at it and be like, okay, this, like, even without it being anything, these blocks of colors just look aesthetically pleasing to my, to my eyes. Like, and I like looking at this. So, okay, we're good. We'll work with the palette and then I go, I go from there. So yes, now I'm very deliberate about color. Nah, that's what's up. Yeah. I, I, that's the answer I expected when I said that, cause I was going to ask you about, <laughs> Because uh, it's very distinctive, um, especially the mm-hmm. shade that you use for your women, and I think the mm-hmm. the, the kind of tonal range that you're using for a lot of your your mm-hmm. pictures too are uh, well developed. I, I guess I'll say it like that. So, how much planning goes into these pieces? Like, how do you how do you how do you one two three it in your process? Man, um, there's no straightforward way, but it takes like. The painting of it is the easy part. Let's just say that. <laughs> it's like once I'm once I'm about to hit the canvas, that like that's just like a smooth sailing process. The formulation of the ideas um, is like what takes usually the longest. That's why I always have my iPad with me. I'm always writing down ideas, and if I have time, I'll like try to sketch it out and be like, okay, this is what, this is what an idea that I have. I have. I probably have like a hundred ideas in my iPad that you guys will probably never see um, <laughs> because I just, like I'll, I'm, I used to, this used to bother me when I had an idea and I couldn't execute it mm-hmm. and I would stay there and I'd like keep, you know, re-sketching it and redrawing it and picking at it and I would just stay stuck in it. And, and now I don't do that anymore because I'm like, it's on my iPad. Whenever I look at it, there'll be one day I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, I think I know how to execute this and then I'll do it. So now my iPad is more like for archival you know, just storing my ideas and I can always just kind of like one of them I'm kind of blocked and I'm not thinking anything new I can always go back and be like oh this is kind of cool oh I know I, I can figure this out now I know what to do um so my iPad is like my 
it's it's my uh it's the spinach like I'm Popeye and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is such a powerful tool I don't know how other artists are like just living their lives without it because it it makes me brave right mm. so like brave enough to try new things and also like brave enough to fail at an idea and be okay and like I'll be like okay I'm gonna come back to it I'm gonna come back to whenever I feel like I'm ready because not only can I go back and like you know fix layers and stuff like that but also it records like your entire the entire time you're working on the, a, a project it records you know, there's a video that you can watch so you can literally go back and I start looking and be like this is where it went left and like you can't do that on a, on a regular notepad you don't you don't know where you went left you just yeah. know that it went left and yeah. oh suckers <laughs> gotta so use their memories powerful... <laughs> like, yes yes and you, what's and that the about? Is you yeah. won't remember it properly because there's you don't there been so many times where I've went back and watched a video and where I thought I messed up was not where it actually messed up like it was just like it was like either before or or like much after and it was just all in my head because you know we all have that critic in our head yeah uh, as artists and that critic is just mean, just a mean, 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 mean person. And, and that person is also a liar, honestly. They don't, they don't re- remember facts correctly. Everything is really skewed. You know, if, if something happens, they always try to make it about you, even though it's probably not about you. So with the iPad, it's like true, right? I can look back and I'd be like, no, this is exactly where it went wrong. It's, I'm, not, I'm not a bad artist. I don't suck at this. <laughs> I know exactly where I kind of like went too far away from what I was trying to convey and I and then you could go back and you could go back and do those things so um yeah that, I would just if you can afford it you know you could also get like older ones off of, um, like eBay or something I would uh, highly recommend getting an iPad the app that I use is Procreate it's ten dollars or it was ten dollars I don't know oh yeah Procreate is great it was yeah. ten dollars yeah and it's like it's not a subscription it's just one time you buy it and that's it like it's it's uh it's a emerging artist best friend honestly i and i've recently found i think once i started confessing that I, I use my ipad a lot i started realizing that other artists do too but they were hiding that fact for some reason and i was like, I was like well because i didn't go to art school i don't feel this like need to be like yeah it'd be everything the same way the, the masters do it no i have an i like for me art is the idea and the execution of the idea right are you able to like you're like have this crazy thought in your head and are you able to successfully execute it on the canvas? Whether it's you or you find somebody else who can paint it, the fact that it was your idea and that you're, and it's now fully executed and you're happy with how it looks on the canvas, to me, that's art. Like you're, you, you created something that did not exist before. Just because you can maybe like you're old and your, your figures don't work as well and you have to use, use an assistant, that does not deter from the fact that it's, was still your idea like without you being alive breathing healthy enough to convey the idea this would have never existed and nobody was going to ever benefit from looking at this beautiful thing you just created so uh, so i believe in using tools i believe in figuring out the best ways the most efficient ways to do things and this might also be just because i went to business school and efficiency is always <laughs> so i'm like i just believe in like what that is the most brain, efficient yeah. way to get an idea? Yeah, yeah. What is the most efficient way to get this idea that's burning in my mind out there so other people can benefit from it? That's so. If I have to use technology, then yeah, I, I will. Yes, you <laughs> have to. to yeah. Masters. yeah, whatever, whatever gets it done, yo. Whatever gets it done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's kind of like a little bit of my. I hope I like kind of my process, but um, it's it's not a straight line. And also, um, I, I like to work in series. Like, so I, I, the series I worked on when I was doing my residency in Morocco, that was my first time, like, working on a project in the sense of, like, I came up with an idea. I, um, not hired, but found models, because uh, they're all my friends, you know, got models to model for me, rented out a, um, a, doll, a themed dollhouse in Dallas, and we did, like, a whole day of just shooting photos and you know, kind of like I took, I probably, I think I took 600 photos that day of just like different angles, just really trying to like push myself artistically, right? Like I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, I want this to be like an actual project that like people were involved in, and it was like, you know, we did the whole production, and and now I'm painting it, and so, so that one was like large scale, <laughs> and 
and I was and I painted the paintings really large, around seven and a half by five and a half foot um, canvases. So they were very very large pieces. And even when I got to Morocco, I took a ton of liberties. I didn't stick to the photos. I, t- I took a ton of liberties while I was there, you know, changing the fabrics, changing the textures in the background, um, just kind of playing around and, and trying to make it mine. Because um, I don't want to feel like I painted straight from a photo because I'm going to be, because then it's like, well, then I should have just like shown the photo. Um, so, <laughs> right. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was like, you want to be, wanna, wanna be a show. slave to the, to the reference. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. I don't want to place a reference. And it was, it's actually really great that I did that during a residency because that means I had time. I didn't have anything else to do. If I was probably in the real world with like, you know, the stresses of life and stuff like that, I probably would have been lazy and stuck to the reference photo. <laughs> but because I didn't have, like, it's like, what else are you doing? Why not push the limits of the reference photo? Why not try something new? Why not change up the colors and the textures and, you know, or add textures and, not, and all that good stuff? And, so, and I did that and I really pushed myself when I was there. I was so burnt out when I got back. When I got back, I was just like, I don't want to paint. I think I didn't paint for like three weeks. I was just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm relaxing. Uh, but <laughs> that was that was like a really cool. Yeah. Like, see, I see now, now this I is did. this is another thing I gotta I gotta catch you on. I gotta stop you. You just dropped on us that you just spent six weeks in Morocco. Like, yeah. like that's just you know that's just what everybody do. Like, no, that's not that's not what everybody do. Like, this is this is a big deal. Um, how did what was that and how did that come about? Yeah, so in January of this year, I reached out. I was reached out to by Dr. Fahamu Kaku. Yo, that's what's up. That's in, my um, man. Yeah, Fahamu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he's such a great guy. Uh, I met him in Art Basel in 2018. That was my first year there. And apparently I made an impression on him <laughs> because we were like remained, you know, just like IG friends over the years. And um, he had done a residency in Morocco during COVID, like right before COVID. And um, he had talked to the the founder of the 154 fair um, where he was, well, was showing, but he pointed out to her that like, even though the fair is for African and African diaspora artists, there was no diaspora artists that featured there. It was just, it was just, it was just African artists. So, you know, he, you know, she was just kind of like, you know, what would you do to solve this? And he was like, I could put on an exhibition with a bunch of African diaspora artists. And, you know, she was like, okay, cool. So that project became his and they worked with the foundation. It's called, uh, the foundation called the Montresto Foundation. And they were like completely on board because they had this, um, annual exhibition it's called the indiscipline exhibition they do with a bunch of artists and so they you know they gave him freedom to pick i think there's six of us total or it might be seven artists um that were going to were picked to do residency in in, in morocco anywhere for four to six weeks and or sorry three to six weeks and then in february when the 154 fair uh of next year um is back well, they're supposed to be back. Let's hope that COVID behaves. They're supposed to be back in February of next year. And then our works will be on on exhibition in conjunction with the fair. So it's, it's, a, it's like a multi-layer project. So it was not even just, it was not just a residency. It was a residency for an exhibition that's coming up in February or March of next year. That's so, awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's an gr- amazing opportunity. It was my first residency. And it spoiled the heck out of me because they, <laughs> they took care of everything. Yeah. They fed us. Now you can't they do no regular old residency. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's, and it's funny because I have a residency coming up in New York in September. And the only thing that they were able to, it's the first year. So the only thing that they provide us is the studio space. So I am frantically searching for uh, a, um, housing in New York, which I thought would be easy because you see all the buildings in New York. You're like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be housing there. <laughs> My God, it has been this whole thing. I've been searching for like a month, and I'm like running out of time. And I'm like, okay, I might just have to like, uh, like hop around from space to space for a couple of weeks because I can't seem to find anything that's like six weeks in a solid, you know, solid location. So, but it, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I was spoiled at, Mo- at Montresto, but I realized that like, you know, a residency in New York, which is you know, the heart of the art world, I would say, apart from like maybe London, um, 
doing a residency there is a major deal. Yeah. And uh, that I, I, I'm going to get exposure that I can't get here in Dallas. I just can't. For sure. Um, so um, if this, all they're going to provide is a studio space, that's an expense that I don't have to worry about. So hey, <laughs> I'll, that, I'll that's a big, yeah, like you said, that's out. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I've kind of become addicted to residencies after the lunch. <laughs> um, so because it's like the only thing that's required of you is to create. That's all they want from you. Yeah. They don't have any other, you know, a, an, a, I mean, studio visits, right? They want you to be, you know, working so that they can bring people. To, oh, yeah, you know, that's to easy. See the body stuff. of work yeah. you're creating. Yeah, whatever. But that's yeah. what I like doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so I'm like, wait. This is a thing. <laughs> this is Phyllis Stevens, an American pulp maker, and you're listening to Studio Noise. So I've been applying like like crazy for residency, wow, and uh, all over the U.S. Um, um, I think uh, I'm going to start looking at probably like Europe soon. Oh, but wow, right now, wow, I'm like looking at Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, I just, we can't I do just, nothing with you, know. you. We might not be able to get you back <laughs> on a podcast after this. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh. I hope you can tell my personality <laughs> that I'm not. I'm not one of those people who's like brag, brag, brag. In fact. I have not bragged about a single thing. You've had to make me exactly, brag about yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. That humble brag is the worst, yo. That hurt people's hearts. I'm sure some artists out here in their basement been working for years. <laughs> you just oh, no. you just kill them and on I will the inside. Say, no, no, no. I, I will say to those people. I will say to those people that the reason this year looks like Abby Salami is just winning, like winning, 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 is because I apply to a ridiculous amount of opportunities. And I DM everybody to introduce myself. Wow. And so I I am dealing with a healthy amount of rejection. I, and <laughs> like, everybody's like, everybody's like, oh my God, you got the Hopper Prize. And I'm like, I didn't get this other grant though. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other grant that I was, you know, kind of counting on. Didn't get that. But yes, thank you. So like, you know, uh, it, like, social media right it's a highlights reel i'm, I'm gonna yeah. for the most part only be sharing like the good things but yeah. like it's very important to know that i i'm getting rejection letters probably weekly because i apply for so many stuff i'm like getting they're like no sorry no no sorry no 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 but like but because i'm putting myself out there i'm statistically i'm gonna also get <laughs> yeses and i'm gonna hype those up because that art is about social proof right like once people see that you know other true, people are vouching for you, so I'm going to hype that up. So I don't want anybody to listen to this and feel discouraged. I want them to feel encouraged because it means that somebody who doesn't have the connection, doesn't have, didn't go to school, then you know, like I literally like came, I was a nobody, right? But the only thing that drove me was this passion in my chest, this belief that I could be good enough, and. I, I do belong in those settings where other you know top artists are. You have to you have to start saying those affirmations to yourself. You have to. If you're feeling down right now, you need to change that and and literally look in the mirror and be like, "My name is John and I'm a internationally renowned <laughs> artist." Like you need to say that to yourself every day. You're laughing, but I literally have affirmations recorded of me saying that, and I just play like I just like in my studio as I'm paying. And I just play my own affirmations to myself. And I, I make sure to record my own voice so that it really resonates with my subconscious. And like, like I start to believe that, right? I love it. And yo. I think it's very important. It's very important that like, whenever you hear about another artist that's doing well, but that doesn't have the background of, of you know, the, the, the Yale and, and, ha- and Harvard people, that should get you excited. That should get you bucked up. That should be like, okay, this is the thing. I can yeah. do it. Yeah, now, for sure. Figure it out. And just figure it out. And like, make sure that nobody, like everybody you know, knows that you're an artist. Like, don't, don't, like, if you, if you're in a clubhouse or, or if you see something on your timeline and they're, you know, like the articles that they have about like, you know, top eight advisors by, by RC or top eight uh, collectors by RC, uh, read the article, go find every single one of those people, follow them and send them a DM. 
they're not going to respond. Most <laughs> of them are not going to respond. But, hey, case in point, I DM'd uh, this one collector back in 2019 to ask him a question. He blew me off. And then I got into the uh, Phil Project uh, art show, which is a, a, a gallery that he follows and loves. And he saw my work there. And he remembered my name. I'm lucky I have a name that, like, most people are going to see. Yeah. Like, what the hell? And then they remember it. <laughs> and he saw my name. So he literally went back to Instagram, looked through his messages, and he was like, why did I ignore you in 2019? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he literally called. Yeah, he's like, he I need sleeping. to call you. Yeah. Can I talk? He's like, he, yeah, he slept on me. And he, he, like, felt ridiculous about it. So, like, yeah, they might not respond now. But, like, at least you have records that you did reach out to them. And maybe they will see it, but they don't have the time to respond. Maybe they're not being, you know, complete assholes. Maybe they just just didn't have the time to respond or didn't get too many messages. But you're in their inbox. So that if they see your name, maybe they see it again somewhere else, they're like, I've seen your name before. And then you're like, you're in their, you know, subconscious at least. And like, you start to become an entity in the reality. And therefore, you know, just keep, I just, just keep at it, honestly. No, I don't no, want anybody to feel encouraged. No, nah, that's real. I don't and I want to think I was I was laughing because um I'm so I'm surprised by how often I hear that type of mind state from people. Not just like saying affirmations, but making vision boards, having a five year plan, yes. writing down your stuff. Like yes. I hear that so much. Yes. Like like I laugh because like it's there it goes again. Like <laughs> you know that's the <laughs> that's the thing that. A lot of people need to encourage themselves to get past like the harder times. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure there was times where you weren't like super impressed with your own work or and very discouraged Mm -hmm. and frustrated with how things Mm -hmm. were going. But how did you get by? Mm -hmm. You got by by doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the same version of, of, like I said, the the vision boards and writing stuff down, all that stuff, like the manifestation of destiny. You know what I'm saying? That, that, I hear yeah. it a lot. That's why I, I laugh when I <laughs> when I heard you say it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's it's the motto. I I make myself the main character of my life, um, and it, what that means is I'm the I am in control of my destiny. Um, I mean, of course, there's things that can happen, right? Like life, but for the most part, it's how you react to those things that happen. Yeah, that kind of determines how your life is going to go. So Absolutely. Stay positive, guys. Stay very positive. <laughs> and write things down. Write everything down. Yes, write, write every it down. single thing that you wish wish could happen to you, write it down. And you know write what? Write it down. Another, read it over and over again. And I'll say this one too, is to tell it to somebody. Like to go out, yes. forget you some art friends, and y'all sit around and talk mm-hmm. about how you're going to do a show in Paris, you're going to get this residency, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, because that you have an accountability because somebody else knows it's your dream too. Right. And that, yeah. that if it's special, if it's somebody would, you can call a friend, then now it's like, good, all right, y'all can boost that's each important. other up and support. Yeah. That's important. I think it's very, I will caution against telling people, tell oh, someone the right um, person. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell the right person, tell the person who you've never felt a tinge of jealousy comes from them. Or you've never felt like you've told them uh, about an accomplishment and then they will like try to minimize it. Like tell a person who is going to make your idea seem like they're going to be like, that's all you're going to do? No, <laughs> you need to be, that, you know, like you tell that person who's going to be like, what? That's small for you. Come on, yeah. we can do better than that. Yeah, tell light that work. Person. Yeah, light work, yo. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, you can do that next week. No, <laughs> like, let's, 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 let's set a bigger goal. Like tell that person. Don't, and don't tell everybody. I feel like, um, the uh, energy is real, and if you know your energy is good, but you tell somebody whose energy is bad, it has the potential to kind of kind of block your mm, blessing. Yeah, um, I've had that yeah. actually happen. I've actually actually I had that happen with a family member. It was very very. I I didn't. I was not prepared for it. I did not realize that I needed to to combat their negative, you know, emotions, mm. and um, the, the opportunity fell through. And it was a great opportunity too. So it was really heartbreaking, but it was a great lesson because I realized like I just I can't even even because they're family member doesn't mean I can tell them. Um, so it's like pick the people who you tell and make sure it's somebody who will amplify your dreams. That's real. That's super real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn the conversation a little bit um, to your mm-hmm. work, and I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. the piece that I selected for the show. Uh, Don't look back mm-hmm. in anger. And this this is 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 about this piece, and it's a more general question. Um, tell me about mm-hmm. the women in your pictures. 
Uh, so the women in my in my painting, if they're not me, <laughs> are are because uh, I use myself a lot as a I'm kind of like a model because I'm available and I can and thank God for you know smartphones so you can <laughs> take photos of yourself pretty easily. Um, yeah, iPads and iPads, of course. Um, <laughs> so my work is a celebration of Black womanhood. You, I think you would have to search really hard to see when I've ever painted a man. I don't think I've done that in a really long time. Um, and, and that's, that's a choice I've made, right? I want, I can, I'm a black female. I'm a black immigrant. I'm a African woman. So I, I feel like my art to be really honest and be really truthful with my art. I can only tell stories of black women, a black female immigrant, black African woman. Right. And so that's why you see like, that's why you don't see any men. Um, and it's not because I hate men, not, and I've been called a feminist. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing. I was like, I am not a feminist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hate women. That <laughs> does not make me a feminist, but I, I just thought that was really funny. Um, but what I'm trying to do is kind of celebrate black womanhood and create the art that I wish that I saw growing up. Because I feel like that would have, a lot of hardships and a lot of heartaches and a lot of disorders that I, had to deal with growing up in a world where I only saw, you know, fair-skinned, blue-eyed uh, people being celebrated as beautiful, kind of created a complex because, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't see a fair-skinned, blue-eyed, you know, skinny person. Does that mean I'm not attractive? And so with my work, what I try to do is kind of combat that messaging and make it, because like, it's always great whenever somebody tells me about this, their daughter saw my art and they were just like so happy. And I'm like, yes! That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I'm aiming for. I want a whole generation of you know younger girls, uh, especially younger creative girls who are looking in the art world. And although it's better now, it's better now, but like every every day is better than it's ever been. But it doesn't mean that it's still equitable. Um, but at least I can look and feel like they are being represented in the the ever changing artistic canon, and they're being included in the their narratives are being included in in that canon. And uh, so that, that's, that's kind of a little bit about like why I paint mostly women, why they're always women, why they always have like natural hair, um, just kind of like wild and untamed because I, I always feel like another thing, society um, wants to tame black hair so badly. Mm-hmm. And um, in my paintings, I'm just like, it's blowing in the wind doing what it wants. <laughs> 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 and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so that's a little bit about the women in my painting. Yeah, and, and the piece, um, Don't Look Back in Anger. Tell me about that one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this year, I, uh, beginning of this year, I ended, I ended a two-year engagement. And um, what saved me was painting because I was able to escape into, Say that, you know, say that again. You say you ended of, a two-year engagement? Yeah, yeah. I ended a two-year engagement. Uh, um, and yeah, it was a, it was kind of a toxic relationship. Not kind of, it was a toxic relationship. Mm. And um, the art was what saved me because it was like my therapy. Um, I could cre- kind of like paint where I wanted to be rather than where I was. And this, the Don't Look Like an Anger, Anger was actually the first painting that I started after I, you know, basically, we're both artists and I was like kicked out of his studio. So I had to go find my own studio. Um, and when I found my own space, I was like, I want to take up, take up a lot of space. So I, I was like, I just got this big, huge roll of canvas and I just stretched it out. I was just like, I want to paint something larger and taller than myself. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I was like the largest thing I've ever done up until that time. And I wanted it to be, um, therapeutic. I wanted to feel like I could kind of get lost in it. So in the painting, and the reason why it's called Don't Look Back in Anger, you have uh, three women, but it's actually all the same woman. Um, and she is, there's two of, in two, she's in two positions, she's holding um, an old school camera. And for me, that represents like the, uh, the inability to stop looking at the past and dwelling on your mistakes, right? So she's like, in both, in the both women are holding the cameras, so she's like looking at it, like looking at the footage that she's capturing. It's like she's stuck in this loop, right? Of just like looking at the past, looking at the past. And then 
smacked on top of it is this woman who's sitting on what looks like a beach and she's kind of like looking off into the horizon. And the reason I put her there was to like stop that loop, right? And be like, no, like go find your beach. You don't have to stay in this loop. You have to be exactly where you are in the present and not keep dwelling on the past. So in the present, she's in the, on the beach, enjoying herself, looking in, into the horizon, like stay there. And so that's how that piece is called Don't Look Back in Anger. It's like, don't dwell on the past. Stop that, you know, that that cycle is like, like once you once you remember a mistake, it almost like you just keep going down and around. When you're, when you're in a depressed state, right? Your, right? your brain starts attacking you. And it's like, well, remember when you did this? And then you also did this? And then you just kind of stay there. And it's like, nope, find your beach. Go be happy. You deserve that. <laughs> you don't. You don't deserve to live in the past. So that's that's what that piece is about. Yeah, I love that, Joe. I love that. Thank I you. Love, I especially love the the handling of the figures and the way uh, the other two figures and you describe them as a loop, but it's they appear to be looking at or or looking for the figure in the middle, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that yeah. It's very, so like, that's like, very interesting. All of that. Yeah, all of that was like like to kind of create to kind of and encapsulate this woman in the middle right it's like although they're they're stuck in this bad loop but the woman in the middle is the focal point right it's like hey (laughs) come back here get back to center is is ultimately what what that painting means like when i look at it i'm like well i don't have it anymore it's not in la but um whenever i would i would look at it it always kind of reminded me because i had in my studio it always kind of reminded me like to go back to center because it's so easy to just kind of like start tilting in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. And then you get lost there and then you forget to like you're in control and you can, you can tilt back to center <laughs> and you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to suffer basically. You don't have to suffer because of things that happened in the past. You can, you can change those things. So, good, yeah. good stuff, yo. Love, love it, yo. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you. you big fun in the studio, yo. <laughs> 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 I mean, I try not to. So the new, the newer work I'm working on um, are a little more fun and vibrant, and maybe a little more risque. Um, risque, and, ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like nudity and uh, just you know, like it's 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 not as uh, it. I don't even know how to describe it because like when I posted a work in progress of. Um, this piece that I ended up shipping to LA for a group show there, uh, like people lost their minds. Like literally, people were DMing me. It got shared a bunch of times. It got saved a bunch of times. And I remember before I posted, it, I was really nervous because it's it, it's still the same flat style, still but a very signature style. But like what I was thinking about was way like left from what I normally like kind of just kind of center around. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually really enjoyed working on that painting. And usually when I'm looking at a painting closer to the end, I'm kind of like exhausted, right? I'm like, kind of like, oh, I'm going to get done with this. But that painting, I enjoyed every single part of it. And so from then I was just like, okay, I could be just like a little more, more, I don't want to use the word edgy, but just like a little more, I'm always worried about, making sure the painting is something that people want to hang in their house. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, um, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't care if it matches your couch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, so I feel like, I feel like I've, I've, you know, kind of put in the ears of like proving that, you know, who I am as a person and working on my brand that I feel like now if I'm, you know, doing things that are more, uh, you know, uh, like I said, risque, more nudity, more kind of complex topics, um, and not necessarily caring so much about just it being aesthetically uh, decor friendly. Then, uh, but I feel like I, I I I've earned that right now. I feel like I, I could do that. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I'm working on another piece for um, a show in London, group show in London, and um, it's about Eve. It's about the female nude, the female figure. But it's the theme is called All About Eve. So I kind of reinvented the uh, creation story because I did a little bit of research and apparently there are two creation stories in the Bible um, or no, like you know, original Bible. But then it just got converged into one, mm. and I just thought that was fascinating because I'm like, wait, what? And so I just I kind of took both stories and 
some liberties. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, well, the, the person who decided to make it one story, it like a lot of really interesting parts. <laughs> it was a very, very dramatic story. Yeah. Um, so, because like, you know, that like Lilith was the first wife of Adam, according to one of the creation, the one of the creation stories. And Eve was the second wife whenever mm. Lilith got banished. But a lot of people don't know that. Like, yeah, I, I, whenever I, yeah. the, people, the, people, the people who have seen the painting are like, we're trying to understand and like, I have to explain that to them. And many of them were like, what? And like, so like Lilith was the original wife of, of Adam. And the reason that she got banished is because she didn't want to be, uh, she didn't want to subject to him. She thought that she was his equal. And, you know, Adam wasn't, wasn't trying to hear that. So I don't, I don't remember specific, but she ended up like being banished and she becomes like a demon or a mother of demons. Like she becomes like, like she's been described as kind of like as a vampire or just like a demon or the snake that convinced Eve to eat the apple and got them banished from the Garden of Eden. So yeah, this is in like whole, there's a whole bunch of different like uh, uh, ways that the kind of the stories that they kind of mesh the two stories together. Yeah. And um, so, like, it became a snake, but in an older version, it was Lilith that got Eve to eat the apple um, and got them banished because, you know, woman scorned. <laughs> <laughs> right. Second yeah. wife. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's supposed to be me. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in this painting, I kind of like depicted uh, Lilith and um, Eve, both with me, but like, uh, in a fun way, and I'll post it whenever I'm allowed to do so. But you know, it's, oh, with the newer work, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm taking on like just like more whimsical topics and trying to find more whimsical and more surreal ways to kind of convey them and not be so trapped in rea- reality. If that makes sense. No, oh, yeah, so, yeah, that makes yeah. that makes good sense, yo. I love it, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, you 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 just uh, you're just you're something, yo. I love it, Joe. Like I, I love your love your thought process and how how much you develop, how much you put into it, and all the Thank different you. directions that you're starting to embrace. I think, man, you're gonna you're gonna make some good stuff coming up here. You, I'm 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 excited. Yeah. to see, see kind of new stuff. I think um, and that's one thing I would say for uh, the kind of younger artists, or not not maybe not even younger, but just newer artists in the um, that are listening is um, your style is going to develop. Like, um, you, you're you're probably gonna have a painting that you're so in love with, and you're just like, oh my god, it's so amazing! And you're probably gonna look back at it a year later and be like, why did I love this so much? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like if you, if that's happening, if you're looking at your older work and you're feeling like, oh, that means you're growing. That yeah. means that you that you are doing what you like. Because a lot of artists will find a style and then they will stick, they will stay there for the rest of their lives and never try to push it. And I feel like that's that's not that's not true that's not true to you you're just being safe you're being scared i feel like you always be pushing your style and seeing what you can do and how like if you have like let's say you have a painting you did last year and you should ask yourself like can i convey the same message in a different way like in my new in the the kind of the direction i'm going can i talk about this again and how would i detect this i like that that's a very good exercise because you're running out of ideas or you're feeling like artist block, just go back and look at a piece and be like, how can I convey this in a different way? Or can I show this from a different angle? Or can I use different colors or a different setting? Like, I think that's a really good way to kind of like push yourself and be like, how, like, I don't want to get stuck in this rut. I don't want people to look back at um, you know, my retrospect and be like, oh, wow. It's just kind of down the lane and say that. Just kind of stopped, yeah. After, uh, after 2020, yeah, just kind of no. gave it up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want get, make make it harder for collectors. Like make it harder for those uh, the auction people. Make it be like, oh no, the art she created in 2021. <laughs> that's the art that we really want. Like like give like give them like yeah, that's the real know, Abby. Like, yeah. <laughs> give them some flavors. Like let them be like, oh no, her earlier was just super dope, or her later works. Like give, don't let them be like you could have collected at any point in her career and you would have been fine. They're all <laughs> the same. They're all the same. Yeah. No, all the same. <laughs> don't do that. Like let's, let's create some drama. Make your make your collectors want to want 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 something more, right? Like let them be like because I like one of the issues artists run into is like once you a collector buys something, you know, trying to get them to buy more, 
is like, you know, a little more challenging, especially if your work is expensive. But it's like, if you, if you're, if your work is evolving, which is which has happened with me, I had a collector who actually he actually bought a piece in January, and he just bought another one because he's like, your work is evolving. <laughs> Stop doing this. <laughs> he's like, I love this new stuff. He's like, I love the old stuff, but this new stuff is really cool. And he he feels like he wants to be like part of every like evolution. And I have other collectors who are like that. They were like, I had a piece from 2019, but I want a piece from you know your work that you're doing now. I think like you should. That's another good. I mean, just marketing way to kind of get people to keep buying into you is to like keep pushing yourself keep trying to trying to evolve in your you know develop your visual language i think is the way to describe it continue to develop your visual language and like continue to uh push yourself even if you're still talking about the same thing over and over again you can you can you can still push yourself i think so that would yeah, be advice. For sure. For sure. And it's funny. So yeah. you mentioned that uh, a couple of times about marketing and branding. What was the kind of the <laughs> two, two, two advice, two pieces of advice for people about what do you think you did that was the most successful for you? Um, I, I posted this as a caption. Um, one of my last, uh, last couple of posts on Instagram, I, before I do anything, I think to myself, I want to be, instantly recognizable but never predictable so you have to figure out a way that people can either look at you or your work and instantly be like this is such and such right so with my style it's, it's very true to me um not a lot of people doing it so it's very easy to look at my work and be like okay yeah that's an addy salami and with that also you need to make sure that there's a quality standard that people can expect right so it's not enough that you, you know, kind of paint in the same style. The quality of the work that you show the world needs to be consistent, right? So like I said, this is 100 ideas in my, my iPad, something you guys will never see because in my eyes, they're not the, the brand that I've been developing for Addis Ababa, this level of work, the level of thought that goes into each piece that people have kind of just gotten used to it needs to stay there or higher. It can't, right. it can't go back down. I can't, I can't release something that people are going to be like, oh, wow, she really phoned it in. That's <laughs> no, like that's unacceptable. And it's the same thing for every single product. Like if you think about the iPhone, the reason that they're able to like get, you know, over like $2,000 for a phone is because there's a level of, of uh, quality that everybody expects from an iPhone. They, they look very sleek. The box is beautiful. The packaging is beautiful. The interface is beautiful. Um, you can go into the store. The store has a consistent look. Like the phone and the store look the same. And even though they're they're, they're not the same thing, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. how does a, a physical thing look this place? But they figured that out. They figured out the aesthetic. And I did that in my studio too. The way that I like set it up to like I make sure it matches the aesthetic of my work so that people so like it's it's consistent throughout and people can understand like when you're buying into the Abby Salami brand, this is a, this is the type of quality you can expect. This is the type of work you can expect. And I think that that takes time to find out and figure out and, and kind of like fine tune. I'm still working on it every single day, but it's something that you have to have in mind when, if you want to kind of take your work to the next level. You need to be instantly recognizable, but never predictable. So that would be like my... A little advice for, for people. Oh, girl, girl, you giving it up on this episode, girl. <laughs> you just, you just doing it. I mean, you doing I, the I thing, yo. I, I love it, Joe. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like to feel like uh, I'm just like hoarding information. So you know, if anyone DMs me, I'm good. I would tell them these things. So it's, it's not. It's, I don't. I don't feel. I feel like there's enough room for everybody to eat. So I, I don't. I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, I know things and I don't want yeah. anybody else to know. Yeah. Like, it's you know, mine. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we, yeah. Yeah. It's not mine. It's, it's, if I could save somebody some time uh, from making mistakes I've already made, you know, I would. I've actually had friends tell me that I need to do like, uh, you know, like webinars and stuff. I don't have the time. Otherwise, I definitely would. <laughs> I absolutely do not have the time. I would. I have, another thing I said this year was like, if I don't feel like doing it or don't think I can do it, I just don't do it. I don't, don't do it. I see yeah. a yes woman. <laughs> yes. No, I just uh, don't. Do, I just, I tell people, no, sorry. And then like, that's it. Like, no, sorry. I can't do it. Um, but I'm sure there'll be one period of my life where like things kind of slow down 
and uh, I could be like, you know what, let me, let me put a pen to the pad and figure out how to like help younger people. But in the meantime, doing talks like this, I think, is a good way for oh yeah, shit I'm for thinking. sure. And you know, you you always welcome here on Studio Noise. If I ever do yeah. events and stuff, I definitely I definitely like to get you on. You, I love your energy, so it's gonna be Thank awesome. You. Yes, that's Miss Quality and Consistency, Abby Salami. <laughs> <laughs> right here on Studio Noise, yo. Tell them where to find you, yo. Yes, um, you can check out my website. It's abbysalami.com. That's A-B-I-S-A-L-A-M-I.com. And you can also check out my Instagram. It's um, abby.m.salami. So A-B-I dot M as in Mary dot salami, S-A-L-A-M-I. I'm also on Twitter, but not as much. So just stick to the website. <laughs> stick so, to the website, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm working on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, yo. Thank you so much for coming on the show, yo. You, you really, you really are are something else, yo. Something special, yo. So keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Jamal. It's been such a great honor. I appreciate it. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. I want to give a big shout out to Abby for coming on the podcast. Girl, you were great. Can't wait to see what you do next. A lot of stuff going on with the podcast. There's going to be some changes. It's going to be super fun for the next year for sure. I'll tell you about it next week. All my artists out there, I tell my drawing class, you don't train for a marathon by walking. You got to run. You want to make that noise? You got to get up and make some noise. It's that simple, baby. You make noise, I make noise. We're going to let them hear us. It's your boy, Jay Barber. I'm going to see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.